going to hit record. I've done that now, so we're recording. I just got a notification on my phone that Humble and Fred Radio is up and running. Freddie, give me a level there, bud. Hello, everyone. Yeah, Good very morning. Nice. And Dan, just uh, give me a little bit, like, give me like a 3.4% increase. Or just speak a little closer if you want. How about that? Is that any better? Nope. How about now? How about now? Now? Yeah, I'm getting some weird background noise. Is it raining there? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, just a light, uh, you know, summer rain coming down right now. And uh, summer cold- rain <laughs> falling down upon the lake. Uh, Dan, is it cool there again? That's a little chilly. It's around 14 right now. Well, it's mid-August. Come on, Howard. It's over. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's all over It is now. over. Um, I don't know what kind of trees there. I get what you guys would know, but there's these trees that overhang the parking lot in the back of this building. And around whatever the August long weekend is. Was that Simcoe or... Was it Simcoe? Yeah, that's Simcoe. Huh? Okay. Mm-hmm. I've only lived here for half my life. And then the uh, little chestnuts start mm-hmm. falling off those trees. And that's how I know it's over. Ah. So have you started your nut gathering? I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a short season, this summer season. But anyway, we've, uh, you know. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on from the weather. If you go to the Weather Network this morning, which I do every day, there's another red ribbon of doom because of significant rainfall hazards. Rainfall oh. amounts. They use the word hazards. Rainfall amounts of 20 to 40 millimeters likely. You know, only once this summer have I had to put some water in my pool. You know, a lot of summers, every couple of weeks, you look and think, oh, it's down a bit, evaporation, splash out and all that. So you'll throw the hose in for 10 or 15 minutes or whatever, but only once have I had to do that this summer. A couple of times, I actually had to take water out of my pool because yeah. it was above the skimmer. This is the type of thing I have to deal with. Oh, it's got to be horrible. Dan? <laughs> uh, by the way, the Weather Network, pretty soon when you go to the Weather Network, it'll just be a link to Humble and Fred. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. A live stream. Why, are, yeah. why they're not sponsoring us is beyond me. Southern Ontario. I love this line, Dan. Southern Ontario heat seekers will be disappointed as some cities could see their coolest day. Their coolest day of the astronomical summer today. What does that even mean? The astronomical. I actually don't know. Must have something to do with the cycles of. Astronomy mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. Uh, Dan, I'm, I don't know what's going on with your mic today, but you're going to need to kick it up, son. All right. Let me. Uh, or, or at just, least uh, just get on. a little Hold closer. Ratchet up that giant voice of yours. Okay. Hang on. I'm just going to do a little something here. Okay. Okay. So, now it sounds fine. Okay. When you get a little closer, it sounds fine. Well, I'll just see. I think I've think I got to replace this console. Look at that little dirty sound there. Mm, yeah, it's dirty. Yeah, it's dirty. So how about now? I think it's. Uh, yeah, I got Well, that's better. Yeah, a little better. Uh, well, okay. let's no. Now it's too loud. Um, now it's too loud. Yeah. Now okay. you just kicked it yeah. up. To, how about that? Too much? Yeah, it's fantastic. Why don't we try this? Why don't we start the show and see how okay. it sounds? All right. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Toronto, from our well-equipped Brampton facility with a pool, and from a deck in the Kawarthas across from a canoe hanging from a tree. 
and is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, Architect Outdoor Living, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. And now, here are two men who, thanks to this week's Trump indictment, learned that racketeering is nothing to do with pickleball. So, pickleball is what Trump may become. It's Humble and Fred. Yeah, we're going to get to the uh, historical indictment, the fourth indictment of a former U.S. president. Say what you want about us talking too much about Trump, but if that's not your jam... Uh, this may not be your show today, but we're going to get to it. Our friend Jeff Lumby will join us today. I hate to be on this technical thing, but Howard, you sound a bit weird to me, and I don't hear the music. Bert. Oh, you should. Oh, I'm sorry. The original, the original sound was sound off. Sound I, off. I, hey, hey, I did it, and then it went back. Okay. Uh, hang on. You should hear it now. Hang on a second. Here we go. You'll hear that now, right? There, there we go. go. There, there we go. go. Should, we, should we do the whole thing over again? Sure. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> It's humble and Fred. Uh, it's humble and Fred. Yeah, so we're gonna do some. We're gonna break it down. We're gonna break it down. The uh, mm-hmm. indictment. Also, to Fred, Freddie. Uh, I was gonna mention this after the show yesterday, but I forgot because you know I'm old. Let's uh, let's not leave uh, all our important uh, sponsors to the very end again. Like let's, we sort of jammed it in. Yes. Mm-hmm. In fact, to remedy that situation. We don't do this very often, but we should. Let's begin with our friend, the retirement Sherpa, today, uh, because uh, we sort of, it was almost like he was uh, not an afterthought, Tim, but uh, I thought it was too late in the show. And so let's begin by talking about this gem of a man. Yeah, he's the retirement Sherpa, Tim Niblett. Uh, RetirementSherpa.ca is where to find him. He's a portfolio manager, Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, Tim Niblett... Uh, Listen, if you have a portfolio and you've been thinking that, hey, maybe it's not performing the way it should, uh, you know, and you're looking at uh, the calendar and you're getting closer to retirement, you're getting a bit nervous. Listen, a lot of people go through that. Talk to the Sherps. He'll have a second look. He'll let you know if you're on the right track and he'll give you the straight goods. He will. If if you're on the right track, he'll tell you so and continue on with whoever you're with. But there could be a chance that uh, the Sherpa could clean that up for you. He's done it for many Humble and Fred listeners. So uh, take the time, make the contact, retirementsherpa.ca. And uh, let me uh, just uh, play this song, the 45th anniversary of this song being released, boys. And while you're contemplating how long ago that was in our lives that Steely Dan's Josie was released, let's talk about EVNet and the electric experience. What a uh, unique uh, perspective you'll get, not just taking an electric car, electric vehicle, for a test drive, like 20 minutes, like what most people do. You'll get this car for a day, for a weekend. You can take it for a week if you want. And it doesn't have to be a Tesla. How about a Kona, a Bolt, a Leaf? Uh, all of them available uh, to and and you can choose your length. I mean, you can take this thing away for you know the, a cottage weekend and see what it's like. And what the uh, fine folks at EVNet.ca can do for you is uh, it's really something. They'll give you a real kind of not just test drive the car, but test drive the experience at one 387 9391 Visit Electric Experiences, the best way to try an electric car in Canada, at EVNet.ca. 
Uh, we got to spend the day yesterday. Actually, I spent the day on Saturday with uh, one of our sponsors, Tim Niblett, playing uh, the game of golf, which I do occasionally. And yesterday, Fred and I spent the day with our uh, former sales manager. <laughs> Why are you smiling? No, no, because I thought we were going to talk more about the song first. But anyway, oh, okay, but no, no, like, sure, let's go. I, we don't. I didn't. I'm sorry, I didn't have my eyes up. What about this song? When you first started playing it, I thought it was "Last Train to Clarksville" by the Monkees. No word of a lie. Just the, a couple of little chords at the beginning, and I'm thinking, yeah, wow, Monkees would have been more than 50 years ago. But and then it, I should have known it turned out to be Steely Dan. Um, but just a thought. When you first started playing, I thought "Last Train to Clarksville." Yeah, which would well, this was 45 years ago. I think the last train to Clarksville would have been. 55 years ago. Oh, if, easy. Yeah. If this was yeah. the late 70s, mm-hmm. and not that Last Train to Clarksville is not in and of itself a good song. Do you like Steely Dan, uh, Dan? I don't know any of oh, your I love Steely Dan. Got all the albums. Yeah, I don't know if uh, I've ever thought of the Last Train to Clarksville <laughs> and, no. and Josie being the same, but, you know, let's have a listen. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know where you got, you know, Josie. Well, I'm telling you, that's what... Play the beginning of Josie. Okay, I will. God damn it. Uh, Hold on. Recent. (laughs) Well, this is... Dan, don't worry about what this is or isn't. It's just this show, you know? All right, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. Just there. Just that one note. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun. Uh, Just a couple of things, but again, you know, I Josie haven't. Take the last train to Josie, I'll be. That was a little what? A little time waster. <laughs> no, anyway, back to uh, playing golf yesterday with our friend Bill and uh, another client of ours, Brett Tanner. And uh, it really is a, you know, that's one thing about the game of golf that is different than all other sports. I mean, you can go to a game with a client, sit there watching hockey or baseball, football, whatever. You can watch. Let me name some more games for you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it's an immersive experience. Unlike a lot of other things you can do with somebody for the day, you know, like go play, I don't know, racquetball or something with somebody. And it's like over in an hour and you're, you know. It's a different experience. But golf, you know, we met them at around uh, around 11 o'clock. And you were, we were still hanging out at 4.30 or 5. You, st- you stuck around a little longer than me. Mm-hmm. But that's a, it really is a great day. Uh, I had a wonderful time with Tim on Saturday. And uh, yesterday was great with Brett Tanner from the Chamber Plan. There are other games that you can hang out with somebody for a long time, like board games, like uh, Risk would take a while. Yeah, maybe. Not seven hours. If it took seven hours, I'd punch myself in the face. <laughs> yeah, and you're not going to phone up a client and say, hey, do you want to play some Risk? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that wouldn't be funny, though. It just doesn't hey, happen. Hey, hey Brett, would you, like doesn't to, happen. would you like to get together for some lunch and a fucking marathon game of Monopoly? <laughs> <laughs> Although, I got to tell you, for, for uh, my birthday, I believe, or maybe it was Father's Day, doesn't matter, uh, my daughter and her husband and the family bought me a game of, it's called Sequence. And Dahl and I have been playing, and it's great. I highly recommend it. Is that a bedroom? Sort of like a card game. Oh, it's a card game. Is, it a, is it a bedroom game? It's a board game. No. 
It's not Howard. It's called Sequence. We've really enjoyed it. And you talk <laughs> seriously. And you no, talk I'm about. Bo- no, it's funny. You spend a couple hours together playing that and talking and strategizing and uh, analyzing. It's it's good. It's a healthy thing. No, I was going back to Dan's idea of like calling up one of our clients and say, "Hey, listen, we're going to get together and play. Uh, what is what is that game where you draw shit? Pictionary. <laughs> Pictionary. We're gonna, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have lunch, and then uh, Fred and I want to take you and uh, one of your employees on in a game of Pictionary." <laughs> uh, back to golf though It was a great day of our, uh, You and I haven't played together since uh, Mexico And I play with Bill quite a bit I played with him a couple times this afternoon For a guy who's 79 turning 80 He's still stronger than both of us His arms are like weapons Even though his shoulder's a bit Screwed up He still hits it pretty good And Brett of course a fine player And uh, you know you I don't know what to, You hit it pretty good at times. The Fred Man, I really enjoyed the day. I'm glad you did. I really enjoyed it. The Fred Man doesn't like to hit when there's something to hit over. If there's nothing to hit over, I can tell you the Fred Man will hit it nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one yesterday. Two horrible shots into all that shit. And then I got it, I dropped the ball on the other side of it. Same club, same situation. Yeah. First hit. Up and away. Yeah, it's it was weird. crazy. I saw the whole thing. It was, and you looked over at me, and you're like, "I don't get it." And I'm like, "Yeah, golf's hard as fuck." It is. <laughs> and again, it's that whole perspective thing too. It's oh yeah. I enjoyed the day. You don't put the time. You get a. Hey, you get out of something what you put into something. I've said it a million times. It was a lovely day, and I got to you know share my cart with that sweetheart of a man, Bill Hurts. So it was just beautiful from beginning to end. Watching you play, and again, I'm not sniffing your bunt. Go ahead, like sniff my bunt. <laughs> your bunt, your bunt, like some Trump's yes, sycophant. Sniff my bunt. <laughs> Watching you play golf is—it's a beautiful thing. No, thank you. Buddy. You know, pe- no, seriously, people. Go, you know, people buy tickets to go to the Canadian Open and stuff like that. Oh yeah, to watch good golfers and. No, really, to be on the course with you and watch the way the game can be played is uh, it's enjoyable. Fuck what I do, like you know, seriously, I like watching what you do. Well, I've been, you know, I, I was taught, having this conversation with somebody the other day that it's a very difficult game to learn as an adult, and that's why one of the reasons I, ever since your slapshot Johnny was born, I said get him. I know yep. he's very athletic, but at least introduce him to the game as a kid because then he's always going to have it. I don't know anybody. Very few people that play at the level that I sort of play at that have didn't didn't start when they were kids. And I was really right. lucky. I had two things going for me. My dad was pretty good at it. And all the kids, out of all the kids I played hockey with, there were two or three that joined me. Their dads played golf. And we learned to play together. So I had these guys that were, you know, sort of around my age, 11, 12, 13, 14, that uh, I got to play with all the time. <laughs> Um, but I enjoyed it yesterday. I enjoyed playing with uh, Brett. Brett's very competitive. He's uh, he like he likes. He's one of those guys. He's pretty good at it. Shoots, you know, he shot seventy five, seventy six. Uh, if you know what golf is, that's pretty good. Not yesterday though. It's frustrating game. Yesterday I could tell he was a little frustrated. He wasn't hitting it as well. But that guy's had Dan. He's had his hip replaced and one of his knees. Well, there's that's an optimistic view of aging. Then exactly, right? Andy. Plans on playing hockey again this winter. I yeah. said, really? I know. This is I what couldn't I said believe to him, Really? He did. He went, really? I would be so afraid of. <laughs> no, really. You know, he's not as old as I am. 
I, I don't think he's as old as you are. Is he? I don't know. Anyway. I think he's got his sex in it, but barely. Not that he's on borrowed time, but when you start replacing parts and then get out in a hockey rink, I'd be so afraid that, you know, I'd wreck one of those replacement parts. Because yeah. then what? But anyway, uh, you well, know, well, when you he brought it up, you, When he brought it up, you actually, I could hear you say, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, what you did say was, aren't you afraid? And I, I couldn't, I concur as well. Aren't you afraid of catching a, a, a blade or a rut or something in the ice, mm-hmm. ripping out another one of your tendons? Mm-hmm. That's see, there's a, something I would never do. I, I'm, I'm even afraid now. Like I wanted to go skating last uh, winter. I thought, oh, I'll just should, I should go skating because there's a rink over here with where I walk stand, and I thought, I don't know. Like, that's all I need to do is pull something and ruin my golf experience, you know? Yeah, I get it. You got to be careful. Look at, and even the the wonderful Bill Hurts, his story. In May, he's in Portugal. He uh, They rent this place. It's a four-story walk-up. And remember, he's pushing 80 years old. So they get there, and it's a four-story walk-up. They go out to dinner one night. And the lighting system was one of those sort of, as you walk by the lighting, it comes on. Mm -hmm. What do you call that? Whatever. Dan, what's the the name for that? Where the the lights come on? It's a sensor. Motion sensor. Motion sensor. Thank you, Dan. Right. (laughs) Wow. That's what it was. But no, it's easy to be a resource on this show. Sure. (laughs) Here's the way life can work. So they go one night. It's the lighting system is not working. So he goes down the stairs and he thinks at one point he is at the landing, but he was still three steps up because it was pitch black. He takes a step thinking it's the landing and ends up falling and falling into like the guard rail and starts uh, grabs the the railing and rips his rotator cuff. Yeah. On holiday in Portugal, just like that. Um, it just the point being, right, you just. As you get older and stuff, you got to be careful because stuff like that can happen like at any time. And as I said to him, as we get older, the problem is recovery. It's yeah. one thing to have an injury. When you're a young man, you have an injury like that. Yeah, I fell down the stairs. I'll be fine in a couple of months. But when you get to be of age, man, stuff like that, it's the recovery that you have to worry about. Sometimes you just never recover, right, fully. Um And stuff like that can just happen quickly. Like I fell a couple of weeks ago on grass and thought i hurt myself but we played pickleball with bill and that group of us there was uh that was we played pickleball the afternoon of the uh the doofus who asked uh your buddy doug's wife if she had a tan so that afternoon we played pickleball and i really liked it i actually thought this is a game i could play whatever that was that was sometime in march Mm -hmm. and um as of yesterday this or this morning my elbow is still bugging me now yes i exacerbate it by playing golf for sure i do but there was something about that motion the underhanded hitting motion of uh, pickleball i know it sounds mm-hmm. lame but it, it's just i could feel it the next couple of days i strained something to your point about recovery you know i'm going for physio on friday and since march i've gone a few times just to get it work because there's some scar tissue in there that that won't break up dan when you were in your 80s did you find any of this is this relatable (laughs) to you on any level 
<laughs> and by the way, the reason I ask you questions every once in a while is I can't tell if you're had a stroke, if you're still with us, if you're. Oh yeah, no, I'm totally here. I, you know, I'm just waiting for space. You guys talk a lot. So. I know, I know. We do. There's, there's a. I mean, you know, I, I don't have these kinds of problems. Fortunately, I'm blessed with uh, the injuries I sustain are usually uh, repair themselves in short order. That I don't have any, you know, lingering chronic. How can that be? You hammer, you pull, you maneuver. You're always doing something. I don't know. Since I've, known, since I've known Dan, pretty much all his injuries have been head injuries. Forehead, he bangs his head on stuff. Yes, that's true. And then, of course, the infamous chainsaw, which happened to be his face uh, <laughs> as well. But yeah. Well, and I'm, you know, very often when Dan's uh, here... Uh, he'll just bang into those chairs. <laughs> uh, you, for someone whose spatial relationships are a bit iffy, your spatial awareness, it is surprising that I've known you a long time. You don't go to physio. You don't go to, you don't haven't had any reparative surgeries like I have. No, I don't know. Is well, it, I'm just lucky. Is it the Aryan thing? Is that what, is that what it is? <laughs> Was 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 some of that? Did that come through the Aryan nation where you guys were all like the superior race? Yeah, I don't think that's. You know, my brother is—he's uh, had uh, um, a knee replaced. Oh, has, and he's in his fifties, right? Yeah, so it's, it's, uh, yeah, he's uh, two years younger than me. Wow! Oh, though, so he's seventy-five. <laughs> <laughs> Misappropriation uh, of my yeah, Well, maybe but, you guys should just wear like bubble pack or something. <laughs> that's a, right. A, no, listen, I'm lucky. I really don't have anything chronic. I, I don't. Um, but again, I'm very like going up any ladder now. I'm like freaked out. I don't want to fall off a ladder. You never want to fall off a ladder. But again, I'm afraid of injuring myself and the recovery. And that's why a couple of weeks ago when I fell on this lawn and f- went down hard and was carrying a couple of beers, they flew into the lake and I was scared for a moment. The next day I felt a bit weird in my shoulder and I've had a history of shoulder problems, which I've recovered from. But I was scared. I thought, oh, my God, is this going to be one of those things now? That And then with Bill Hurts yesterday, he's telling me the story about falling down the stairs. And I'm thinking, I'm so glad I wasn't there because it sucks to fall yourself. But with if with when you're with somebody you really like and they're older, mm-hmm. like he's 13 years older. That would be an awful experience to watch him go down. You know, it really would. Yeah. Yeah. Um but I see, you know, Bill's very res- resilient. Yes. He's a very strong guy. Like, and I'm not kidding. I know people sometimes maybe think I'm exaggerating when I say he's stronger than both of us. He's just really a strong man. He's blessed with uh, good genes that way. And, you know, you, you remember, it wasn't that long ago, Bill was riding his bike like 20, 30K a day when he wanted. I mean, right. this is a guy that's taking care of himself. Well, next summer, he said to me that they're thinking of going on another European trip somewhere, but a cycling trip to Europe. And I said, yeah. again, really? And he goes, yeah, but we're going to get e-bikes. And I thought, well, that makes sense to do it that way. Um, our biggest laugh yesterday, though, we were talking about Brett was having, well, anyway. Um, <laughs> pee. Want people have peas. I know. He was having a pee in the woods. Yeah, and I went by him, and I said, "Hey, nice flow." Yeah, I thought that was funny. Because <laughs> when you get to our age, you notice things like that. Yeah, and then Bill and I started talking, and uh, this and that, and I said something about having a you know a drill uh, 
drilling uh, someone drilling through my prostate and then he said hey how's that going everything and how's that going and one thing led to another and then finally i said to me i can still get a boner well he started laughing no, I, heard I, said, bo- <laughs> I said boner he said i haven't heard that word here that's funny boner and then we started talking about when you were a kid using the term boner and it was quite funny we, uh, it was. Well, I, I heard you laughing. I was just glad you didn't drive because I was in the car as you drove by, and and I, our client is having a leak outdoors, and I was just happy you didn't say, "Hey, nice dick." <laughs> like, thanks. Just, just, remember as a kid, though, said, "Hey, he's got a boner. Look, he's got a boner." Yeah. Uh huh. The word I remember from being a kid that I've never used after age twenty is the word "dink." Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's yeah. a dink. Um. Well, very good. Listen, we got Dan. Don't go away. Oh, this isn't the song. That's Last Train of Nowhere. Okay, here we go. Uh, Dan's uh, news is going to be in its usual spot, but Jeff Lumby will be up first. Um, Dan, I want you to hear something as we transition to the rest of the show. Of course, we do an email show, as we remind you every day. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Are any of these guys still uh, alive? Baby's dead, Peters. Oh, I, I, I think is Mickey. Only, I think I think he's the only one alive. Who, Mickey? I think. Yeah, I think he's a guy singing. Oh, I have to do that research, Howard. Yeah, do it. Uh, while you do that research, uh, I'm going to uh, get to an email we got yesterday from. Uh, Neil Morrison, who we all worked with uh, at uh, CFNY, The Edge, under the name Brother Bill. And Brother Bill is a great guy. Hi, guys. He says, hi, guys. Uh, there's no one. Uh, I don't have the email in front of me. I'm paraphrasing. No one I, whenever I, it's, the, the uh, subject line was uh, fart facts. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what it was was a link to what I'm about to play for you. I guess when people think of farts, sometimes they think of us. Strange. Yeah. Fart facts that'll blow you away. Fart eight. Crop dusting refers to the act of farting while walking past other people. The term shop and shart is the act of farting while shopping in a busy grocery store. The human rectum can distinguish between the sensations of a fart and a poop. But remember... Don't always trust a fart. Send this to someone who has no shame in their fart game. On average, a corpse will fart for nearly three hours after death. Did you guys know that, that a, for, that a, a corpse will fart after death? I did not know that. No, yeah. I didn't. Well, this is a fun fart fact. If you consistently fart for six years and nine months, enough gas is produced to create the energy of an atomic bomb. I don't believe that. Dan, I don't believe that. If you farted for, yeah, that's it. Pardon? That's that's, uh, a lot of broccoli or whatever. Well, I guess if you, what that meant was if you continued to fart, like you never stopped farting for six years and nine months, well, you'd be dead. Oh, vegetarians tend to fart more due to their bean rich diet, while meat eaters farts tend to smell worse. Smelling farts is one good way to prevent Alzheimer and dementia for elders. Farts can travel faster than hoverboards, reaching speeds of seven miles per hour. The word fart was coined in 1962. That's another thing I dispute. Is that is that true? Can that be true that there was... What did they call them before 1962? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I don't know, Howard. 
Well, you've taken me off guard. I can't Still answer these questions. The dead monkeys. Like, really, what did they call a fart prior to 62? Uh, well, that's wrong. It says fart, as it turns out, is one of the oldest rude words we have in the language. The first recorded pops up in roughly 1250. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning that if you were to travel 800 years back in time just to let one rip, everyone would at least be able to agree what it was called. Okay, so Bill, so Brother Bill, some of these fart facts are just not true. Fake What's fart news. What's interesting? Everything's so interesting. Oh, is it interesting? Is it interesting? Is it interesting? <laughs> he, he saw that and thought of us. Well, of course. Yeah. That's pretty standard. And it actually means a wind from the anus. Yeah, this is wrong. The people who fart for a living are known as flatulists. <laughs> there are pills available that can make farts smell like roses or chocolate created by a French artist. Okay, well, some of that is just nonsense. But again, the fact that when it comes to fart facts... Fun fart facts, even some fake fart facts. Brother Bill thought of us, so thank you, Brother Bill. That's true about meat. I've noticed that. We don't eat a ton of beef anymore, but when I do, it's like, wow. That's like uh, quick action, man. Like, oof, not good. Well, I was a vegetarian uh, for about 14 months. Uh, When I quit drinking, I went on a bit of a cleanse, and I... Of course, took it to the nth degree and stopped eating meat. And I've never farted more often and smelled less because, yeah. you know, it's just vegetables. Yeah. Interesting. Very Is interesting. It? Isn't it? So many, <laughs> so many things are interesting. I was the just looking body. up. I was looking up fart, uh, fart facts. Dan, do you have some fart yeah, facts of your own? I have an interesting one here. Uh, farting can be a fetish. Did you ever think of that? Oh, as, yeah. As a sexual behavior has been written about in individuals who are aroused by flatulence. A proclivity known as a proctophilia. Mm. Well, I'm not surprised. You know, I might have been surprised 30 years ago. But, you know, considering what isn't isn't a fetish, farts would be pretty. Like, if somebody said to you, Dan, hey, would <laughs> you... Somebody said to you, Dan. <laughs> Dan, 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 could you do me a favor? Would you fart in my face if a, if a, we were involved with a woman, let's say, um, and they asked you to fart in their face uh, during the act of lovemaking? Would you uh, would you uh, comply? <laughs> I'd have to. Well, how much do I love this person, or how? Well, but you're aroused. You're in one of your sexual states. You know, it's not about love. I and, think it is. And, well, wouldn't it be? I mean, you, well, you're, I you're wanting to please someone that that to that degree to like. I want. This are you in? Lo- have you been in love with everyone you've slept with? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, I not really. I okay. Guess. So, like deep it, love? No. Here's the thing: I would think if somebody asked me to fart in their face while having uh love making i don't I, the thing is i'd probably do it but then i know i don't know what it would be like after when you're looking at them like you know the next morning over breakfast you're like mm-hmm. can i respect can i still yeah can i still respect you since i farted in your face last night <clears throat> yeah i don't think uh, you got to worry about that too much i mean i obviously it happens but what are the chances like my goodness like you know like 
Yeah, all sorts of fetishes, isn't there? My goodness. Well, what, what would you what would you think of like you're in the uh, early stages of your relationship with Julietta? Would if she requested that, would you change your opinion of her? Um. Well, uh, I was going to say, well, she did have me pee on her, so I mean, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess no. So, um, <laughs> wasn't that what was that the answer you were expecting probably not no but the fart the fart fetish is interesting too because i mean we fart a lot us older fellas but uh it's not always like on demand so you're in that situation put his fart on my face well i don't have one i don't have one right <laughs> that's now. right so what do you do? You get to know the person with the fetish, and then you prepare before lovemaking. You eat some things that create gas, because you know at some point she or he is going to ask for it. Yeah. And maybe, uh, you know, it might be a novel thing the first time, but if it becomes part of your regular routine, you're like, oh, here we go again. I got to lay it. And, you know, they get particular. Yeah. You fart in my face, you fart, and they say, no, I wanted a ripper. Not a breezer, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> well, yeah. That's what they would say. No, I'm not a ripper, not a breather. <laughs> what if, well, listen, you know, uh, you know, Dan, have you ever been asked to do something that you weren't comfortable with, Dan? No. Wow. You, you said no pretty quickly. Well, no, I, I can't think of any, yeah. Never well, it's, and Howard, it's private. Come on. Well, it is. It is unless you're making it up. <laughs> you know, it is unless you're playing a little improv game. Oh, okay. The improv. Oh, right. Yeah. Like the if you think I, if you think I really peed on that woman, then you're you know, you're not paying attention. <laughs> Although I have you know in the past. <sighs> anyway, well, thank you uh, for your participation, Dan. As always, it was uh, yeah interesting. Take this over to uh, the Jeff Lumby experience now. Oh, no. When Jeff Lumby gets here, it's all hell's... When they, Jeff Lumby will hold... No, he doesn't, he doesn't go for this kind of talk at all. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Okay. Hey, before you go, I, I do have a fact that I had saved for both of you, because I know you're big fans of this store, and this will be like a bit of a fart uh, sex uh, palate cleanser. The um, number three most respected grocery store in Canada. Any guesses? Number three. Costco? Nope. Number three is Loblaws. Number two most respected grocery chain in Canada. Go ahead and guess. Metro? You are correct, sir. Number one most respected grocery chain in Canada. Go ahead. Costco? Mm. Yes. Yeah. Number one most respected uh, chain for customer satisfaction. And from what I've read, not part of this study, that it also is, I think, the, the, the best, the, the place people like to work the most. Hmm. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah. You can see it. I mean, to me, that would be the model for uh, that industry. Because mm. they obviously look after their people where they come to work and they're not angry. They just seem bright and cheery people at Picasso. I don't, I, it's, it's, uh, I've noticed that. Well, we've talked about that before. Sure. And they've got that board with uh, the years of service, you know, and there's a bunch of people on the board that like are 25 and 30 years, you know, have been in service to Costco for that long. It's like, mm-hmm. 
it's astonishing to me that somebody could could be working for one corporation that long. You know, and at that level, it, it's not that you want that much. You realize that you know I work in a grocery store, but as these jobs go, yeah, this is a pretty good one. You know, as opposed to maybe the attitude of another grocery chain that might try to get as much as they can for as little as they can. I, I used to shop a lot at uh, Loblaw's Real Canadian Superstore because it was close to where I lived in yeah. Oakville. But I basically only shop at uh, Sobeys for the most part. Never Metro because there's not one close to me or Farm Boy. Mm-hmm. Farm Boy employees, I think, are very similar to Costco employees in that they seem to be quite happy to be there. And it's a bit more... You know, it's not a huge store. It's not a big chain. But I would say the people at Sobeys, my regular Sobeys, the sketchy one, not the good one. Mm-hmm. Sketchy Sobeys over here is, they seem like pretty, pretty satisfied with where they are in the world. I don't go to Costco yeah. very much. I should, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, I'd like to back off Costco a bit because it's true. You know, those jokes that people make when you walk in there for a couple of things and it's two to three hundred dollars by the time you walk out. But again, there's a lot of stuff that doll for her baking. She loves to bake and make things. Mm. You know, when you buy that in bulk bags, it's cheaper. So yeah. she goes there for that. But again, if I go with her, it's like, you know, I got to grab a chicken and I got to grab this and I got to grab yeah. that. And did I really need it? Yeah. Did well, I, the joke is you go in there, I? you go, you go in there to buy some chicken and maybe something for dinner and you walk out and you've got like a turtleneck all of a sudden. You're like, why do I have a true? Why am I wearing, why do I have a sweater? Yeah. <clears throat> like I almost never go to Sobeys and come back with something to wear. Um, right. All right. Um, yes. One thing I, yes. I, on that subject matter though, and we've mentioned this before, I would love to know what's going on over at my local Canadian tire because the people there I've lived in this neighborhood for 30 some odd years and that canadian tire the people are still miserable in there Mm. and it's it's something and it's like what why 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 again you would have to scratch below the surface uh, surface and just see why how these people are being treated and what has created that culture or that atmosphere and also i think the the, Mm -hmm. this is just before we get jeff on here i think it also has a lot to do because over at my sobeys with the age of the average employee yeah. At my Sobeys, the average employee's age is a little higher. I, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, some of the women work in the checkout are in their, you know, f- certainly in their 50s. Yeah. Maybe their early 60s. And so their satisfaction is they've got a part time job or they're working mm-hmm. sort of hours. They just seem happy. <laughs> some, of them, <laughs> some of them to be out of the house, just I'm happy to be out of the house. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and are fairly pleasant. That's just my observation. Again, I don't go to Costco very much. Dan, uh, thank you again. Uh, well done for all the participations. All right. Well, and, uh, I will I'll talk to you after Jeff. Then. I, gee, I really do hope you'll come back. Okay. Okay. I will be back. Don't drown. Hmm. <laughs> don't drown. When he, why is he going to go for his uh, lake bath? He might. He might. Um, Brett was telling me that Fred Tanner, our client, was telling me that he doesn't mind having a lake bath, but his uh, his wife does not like to bathe in the lake, which... Right. This Jeff Lumby looks like his mugshot. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> oh, there you go. Ah, there you go. Um, yes, turn to the right. Uh, for uh, many years... Uh, a, a fine broadcaster here on the GTA. 
I, I will just say for many years a fine broadcaster. Why why do I have to be GTA specific? I mean the guy's a fine broadcaster, period. And now he brings his considerable talents and insights to hosting his own podcast. Can you imagine? An ex broadcaster doing a podcast. <laughs> He's the host of Jeff and Julie Moved to France. And a regular contributor to this and other fine podcasts, it's Jeff Lundy. Good morning, fellas. Hi, Bubba. And you find yourself in the... Uh, today, you're in the greatest country on Earth, right? I'm in Canada today. Yeah. As I said, the greatest country on Earth, yes. <laughs> I didn't know it was a competition, but sure, Fred. No, uh, no, I, I'm just saying, you know. How does it feel to be back in the home and native land? It's good. I mean, uh, uh, I'm kind of here for the most part to see my mom. She uh, was going to come to France and visit us and it just didn't feel right for her. So I decided to come here. And so I'm here for about a week and I'm mainly uh, catching up with her and my sister and brother-in-law. And uh, but uh, on the weekend, I landed on Friday. I was able to hang out with my band, my boys, my urban brethren. All right. Yeah, did you get and, my did you um, get my note about that? I was thinking of you on Sunday. No, what note? Sorry. I sent you a note on Sunday. I said, "Hope you're having a good time and something about uh enjoy your day with the band." Jeff Lumby right here on um on WhatsApp. Um no, I, I actually I answered your email. I said, "Hey, I'm thinking about you today. Hope you have a good time oh, with the guys." Okay. Doesn't matter. So, I've actually seen Jeff and his band play. You want to talk about a great I want you to tell this story. A great sort of later in life hobby that turned into your, well, a passion or whatever you want to call it. Just tell the story how you met these guys and what you guys created. Well, yeah. So uh, Big Mike uh, had the farm across from me in um, Rockwood. And uh, we hooked up. And then he had a buddy uh, from high school, Steve. And the three of us started this thing called Three Old Farts, uh, and we were—I was just playing on a, a beatbox, and they were playing guitars. And then eventually, we brought in a singer and a bass player and a keyboard player. The band has uh, sort of evolved; um, a few members have changed. Uh, it's, it's now um, now they have a real drummer. Now they have a real drummer. The guy who uh, I, don't, I don't know his name. I haven't met him, but I've heard some of the stuff that they've been doing while I've been in France. And it's really sounding good. But um, and our, our mutual friend, Bruce, is uh, Bruce Mallory is the bass player. And man, I, you know, we all know Bruce. He's just the coolest cucumber in the garden. And, um, you know, he's a really fine, fine uh, beyond being a fine person. He's a really smooth bass player so you know what they've got they've got the makings of a really good band there and and they all came in on sunday i know bruce likes to be at the lake for the summer uh but he came in on sunday to play and it was just we really had a great time you know bruce is a great story i don't know if he was 60 but i'll tell you he was well into his 50s and really hadn't played any instrument or just dabbled a bit but got it in his head that he wanted to become a guitar player and then chose the bass and self-taught like at a very very advanced age and now that is your um you know uh the way you describe him it's 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 quite a, it's a pretty good story we were uh there's one song we play uh, it may be you wreck me by uh tom petty 
I'm playing eighth notes, which is hard enough for me on the uh, on the hats. And he's playing 16th notes on that bass. So he is very accomplished. He's very uh, well. I would say the same. I, I would say the same thing about you. I mean, what in, lost in that story is that Jeff was you know playing a beatbox and then you know started playing right. full full set of drums. And like anything you do, you know, I remember going to the farm. Uh, that you used to live on and down in the basement there you had your phones all hooked up your headphones and you were practicing 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 i remember the first time i saw you and the band play i think i sat in and dicked around on the guitar but i was so impressed that was the night dan and i came and we were all just hammered and but i was so impressed at how good you got how quickly you got good at something which, as you know, is one of my favorite subjects where I believe, you know, because I'm, I'm convinced that anybody at any age, if you really want to do something, you can. And you and you and Bruce are a great example of that. Well, did you not? I, th- I thought you had played the drums for most of your life. That's not true. Oh. No, I, wow. no, I started uh, playing the drums in probably the mid 2000s. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know. I thought you were like a kid drummer. No? Wow. And had you Excellent. ever played? And it's one thing to dick around on them. Everyone thinks they can do it. Mm-hmm. But it's another thing to play along with this group of guys. And some of those guys, I can't remember the one guitar player's name, was really good. They're all they're all top notch. I, I was going to use a golf analogy. Like if, if um, you know, if a 36 handicap is sort of a, a beginner golfer and a scratch golfer is, a, you know, an expert player, what would your handicap on the drums be? The drums. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Is that the right? Well, I, I seem to remember my bill of sale uh, being when I bought my first kit was 2013. I think that's when I started playing. And then and then these guys, I, I don't know how or where I'd be. I are mean, you single digits? Do you think you're like an eight, nine handicap? Or are you close to scratch? What are oh, you? Oh, no way. No way. Uh, we, it's funny. I, I watched some of these drum tutorials of, you know, Bernard Purdy and all these great steely dan drummers and i just want to take the the, i just want to take the uh, use them for kindling yeah you know it's it's just yeah but those aren't but i okay well anyways as an amateur drummer goes i think you're selling yourself uh uh, not you're not you're not doing yourself justice because i've seen it and and the band so these guys i you know i got to know some of them and then i'm not sure it was dan and i as well came to watch you guys play at an actual gig over here in etobicoke Oh, that was hilarious. So, so, Fred, we went to the Horseshoe. Uh, we were playing the Horseshoe Tavern, right? Isn't that what it's called? No, it was over here in, in Etobicoke. The Horseshoe's downtown. The oh. one in Etobicoke is that sort of biker bar. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was okay. Yeah, you're right. So, so um, the, the guy who was will who was a he was kind of the main band, and he was uh, allowing all the drummers who were playing that night to use his kit, right? Which was very kind. He was a bit of a knob, but you know, don't t- don't move anything, don't change, don't change. Okay, 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 Ringo, you know. But anyway, so so this guy, this guy is six foot four if he's a foot, and his drum kit. It's about a foot off the ground. It was this. Hey, Howard, remember? Oh, yeah. I'm sitting in this thing. I look like a giant in this drum kit. I don't know how I can play it. Yeah, it's called the rock pile is where you played. The rock pile. Thanks for the rock pile. I don't know how I can play this drum kit. It's so low to the ground. (laughs) And then he gets in it. It. It, I, I just—it was the strangest evening. I, I got to say, uh, from top to bottom. But, but it, yeah, was that was it was fun. It was fun watching you guys. So uh, you're uh, in town for a few days. Uh, you know, we were going to save uh, 
because we you know a lot of times we get a bit of pushback on the podcast. Not a lot, but at when times. I come on, no. When we talk no, about no, when no, we talk no, about Trump, yeah, we yeah. love you. Yeah. When we've talked about Trump over the last three or four years, sometimes you know, and admittedly, we got a little carried away. You know, we do like ninety minutes on one subject. But today, uh, I thought I'd say this uh, because you and I talk about this. Obviously, Freddie and I talk about it all the time. It's historical what's happened. And, you know, Freddie and I have a little bit of a, again, there's been some pushback. So we always try and, you know, throw it out like, okay, we're going to talk about it, but it's because it's history. So what are your impressions? I have two questions to start with because there's a whole bunch of stuff we can get into. When in when you're in France, um, is there any buzz about it? And I think you've answered this before. And then the secondly is, because you're a guy that keeps up on the news, what are your thoughts about all of this? It's just it's remarkable. What I find remarkable about it is every time there is an additional charge that goes against Donald Trump, his popularity goes up. So I just I don't know where America is. I'm uh, I'm baffled. The whole thing is absolutely baffling. It's like it's like anything that goes against Donald Trump is fake news or contrived or a conspiracy among a lot of the Trump supporters and anything that he says is the gospel, whether it's uh, there was fraud in the election or I, and, and it's just sometimes I really believe that most Trump supporters um, uh, are, are using news sources that only validate his position and they don't go out and search out the stories like the Internet is, you know, it, 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 it can be a blessing, but it can also be a huge curse. And I think that when when people are just only using Fox News or only going to Breitbart or only going to these certain websites that um, they're only getting, a, you know, a minuscule amount of the story. And it kind of saddens me that people aren't trying to um, edify and search out more. You know, truth. I I, I don't know. You know, um, Jeff, I said to Howard before the show, I came down here a little earlier today because I wanted to read some of this stuff. And within 20 minutes, half hour, I read. And again, I don't want to get too deep into this, but, you know, the fake electors thing. Mm -hmm. Like, it's fascinating what he tried to do and what is the gist of the this latest indictment. And as I said to Howard, the average, it's just what you just it's what you just said. The average Trump guy, they don't care about that. They don't want to hear about it. They won't take the time to read what actually happened. They'll just go to the sources that will claim that Trump is being indicted um, because he had an opinion on the election and it's his first uh, First Amendment uh, violation or something like that. Um, but that's true because they just gravitate to the sources that uh, deliver what they want to hear. And from that aspect, it's so disturbing. Well, and, and, and there's a great saying that goes uh, to this point. They search out affirmation, not yeah. information. Yes. And when when you do that, you, you're a really dangerous commodity. You're, you're really, you know, like as much of a fan as I was of Rush Limbaugh as a broadcaster. Right. That is a, a, a classic case of affirmation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You go to that, you go to here, listen to him and Tucker Carlson and all these other people and on the left. Yes. There's the same thing on the left. OK, 
Um, but you go for, for, for affirmation. Oh, great. Oh, yeah, there's, there's that, that, that one story that global warming is, isn't happening. Great. Let's go with that as opposed to the 97% of, you know, the, uh, the scientists in the world who think that it is. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's amazing. To and, me. and by the way, for people who weren't watching us on Facebook, when I asked Jeff about, is there any buzz about this in France? He just shook his head. No, there is literally, I mean, you, you and I have talked about it. I visited you there. There's, it's almost like, it's it's not part of their day to day. It is part of ours. Obviously, Fred and I seek this out. But as far as affirmation, confirmation bias, my older brother was on last year and we had this conversation talking about why are people like this when it comes down to tribalism? You know, you're playing you're, you're always populism, populism. And to both of your points and the, the conversation Fred and I had before the show, the reason they're not going to go out and, and look at the definition of RICO, which is a phrase that's going to be thrown around today. Racketeer Influenced and Corruptions Organize, Corrupt Organizations Act is number one, it's too, it's too complicated for the average doofus. But number two, they don't want to seek out information that contravene, contradicts or contravenes what they think. You know, it goes back to this, you know, that thing about the, the, the phrase or that saying that, the greatest trick the devil the greatest trick the devil devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. That's Donald Trump in a in a nutshell. His greatest trick was convincing that his base that anything that goes against him is fake news. Yeah. It's brilliant, and, you know, really. And the whataboutism and I like often with you know, you you throw something at a Trumper, like, uh, again, what about, the, you know, the fake electors? Yeah, but what about Biden? Well, <laughs> yeah. I agree. Listen, this Hunter Biden stuff and Joe Biden taking money from foreign nations uh, for whatever reason, if 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 that's a thing, nail his ass to the wall. Absolutely. Oh. And, nail and, and, his ass to the wall. I totally get that. But it doesn't change what Donald Trump has done, you know? No, and, and it's a backwards argument. I mean, yeah. if you ask me personally, Biden's an absolute disaster, a disaster uh, mm-hmm. for the United States right now it, 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 the, uh, in, in so many ways. Uh, and, and the Hunter Biden thing is another example. There is mm-hmm. no I was just I, when I read this thing this morning, the Georgia indictments, I said, you know, if I was an American, I'd have trouble putting an X in any box right now. Yes. I, I just I, I I don't know who the hell I would vote for. I, I mean, um, I'm I'm kind of hoping somebody pops out of this maze of Republicans who are going to be in this debate that um, that Donald Trump is not going to be a part of. You know, stra- that- strangely enough, George, uh, Chris Christie, I see him. I, you know, I don't know much. You know, I know he had some, you know, was initially a Trump supporter, but. You know, whenever I hear him, because I listen to Sirius XM in my car, he makes a bunch of sense and seems to have his shit together. So does seems Tim to. Scott. I like, yeah, I like that's Tim the Scott. problem with Chris Christie is he went anti-Trump too soon, too early. And I think that killed him. This Tim Scott guy, he's played the wave quite uh, shrewdly. Yeah. So even even though you know what i mean are republicans ready to nominate a black guy i don't know i think are, the re- are, well are are, are are republicans ready to nominate someone other than trump i think is the better mm-hmm. question well, that's a, that's, i think that's a great question if, if, it, if it were me i would say is are the republicans ready to go back and nominate liz cheney <laughs> right <Yeah>. exactly <laughs> but i don't i don't see that happening and 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 here's another question are the democrats willing to to say okay joe 
uh, your 15 minutes are up. I, I mean, mm-hmm. can you like, is he really going to be running in 24? Yeah, I, I find just, that I find that not almost as remarkable. You know, let's not get away from the fact that why, why we're talking about this today, everyone, is for the four. It's four indictments. But this one, unlike mm-hmm. the federal cases, which right. he could actually make go away, should he get elected, which would make it the most incredible Netflix series of all time. But in this particular case in the States, he can't pardon himself from this. And the indictments against him, and again, we've thrown around this phrase, faked electors. Everyone knows about the phone call where he tried to get 11,000 plus votes, and which he keeps calling a perfect phone call. There's, and not only that, is he's, there's a bunch of other people uh, co-indicted, whatever the phrase is, Giuliani, uh, what's-her-face, the nut job, uh, I don't have it in front of me, um, the lawyer. But in this particular case, this, what he tried to do is get people, these fake electors, they, they weren't the people who were elected in the states or the, the electoral college. They, th- now, that alone should get him convicted. Well, yeah, you used the word find. Can you find 11,000 mm-hmm. more? But I mean, you know, Howard, uh, but getting back to the Sidney Powell is who was I, I was thinking of Sidney mm-hmm. Powell. Mm-hmm. Getting back to the, uh, the the quality of the candidates, you and I on one of our little Zoom calls uh, a while ago, uh, well, a couple of years ago, I'll never forget this. We were sitting there talking about we were talking about Biden versus Trump. And I don't know if it was you or me, but we said if there was an, an opening at the dollar store for manager, <laughs> neither one right. of these men would be considered. <laughs> That's right. And we were talking about if you were if you were a C, if you were trying to find a new CEO of your company, would either of these guys be on your list? Well, there's a 77 year old who lies and shits himself, and there's an 80 year old who doesn't know where he is. <laughs> no, but it's uh, yeah. What? Because there's no getting around it. I mean, the Biden thing. It's alarming when you see him, the cognitive thing. Of course, they've got to ask those questions. And again, it's that whole polarization. When you say that to a Democrat or to the left, it's like, oh, no, he's fine. Oh, no. When I'm in a room with him, he's sharp as a tack. Well, bullshit. And, 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 you know, and the U.S. has lost a a credit rating point. That is huge. You know, like, I mean, they've got. They've got big, big, big problems, and I don't think either of these guys are are fit to deal with them. Right. Um, and then, but the the like, who like who's going to slide in there for Biden? That's a huge question too, and it's so vital because you know Trump could just become president again through consolation almost. Well, Trump's beating He's, Biden right now in national polls. But but something yeah. Jeff said, and it's a, a you know it's a, it's a refrain we hear all the time. People say it that you know the left is just as bad as the right when it comes to reporting confirmation bias. And I'll give you that to a point. Where I where it separates for me is today on Fox News, they're not talking about the details of this indictment. At least on CNN, you're going to get they talk about Hunter Biden's. Uh, they talk about the case. They at least report on the case as though it were news. Versus what what Fox does. Is it such an editorial slant that they won't at least give you the news? Now, they they do on some of the shows, but not overall as a network. No, and Howard, since they announced the special counsel for the Hunter Biden thing, CNN's been, it's been a thing now. It's a story. They have segments on the Hunter Biden. Um, They're at least explaining it. Right. They may not like it. But they're explaining. Yeah, and I think that's the but, major difference. Mm-hmm. But no one watches CNN. They did another lineup. They changed their line, lineup more, quicker than I changed my underwear. They, I, like they 
they, they just did a complete flush of so whoever you were watching last week you're not going to be watching no, next yeah. week but they you know this, what's uh, you know what's happened you, you know what's happened to cable news it's it's infotainment yeah and cnn's biggest enemy is the truth they they probably more than the three of them tell the truth and give you the news. And believe me, they have problems and they have their slants. But compared to the other two, MSNBC on the left and Fox on the right, the truth kills them because it's not sexy. It's not entertaining. Yeah, the way that I, Fox is. <laughs> I don't miss it at all. I don't watch yeah. any American right. cable. Yeah, what do you France. watch? Do you watch BBC? We watch BBC. I, well, the only American uh, network I watch, which is by far the most balanced that I have seen, is Bloomberg. I, I really find yeah. Bloomberg uh, a, a great network. Um, and uh, and then we watch some French, uh, some French stuff. And the, the stuff over here is just—it's just like old news in in North America. It's reporting, right? And uh, it's not—it's not fancy. It's not slick. It, it, there are no mm-hmm. opinions. It's just reporting. So I really do enjoy that. The reporting on the uh, Ukraine right. war and that kind of thing. Okay, mm-hmm. let's um, before we wrap up, it's another uh, opportunity to plug uh, the Humble and Fred produced Jeff and Julie move to France in a global pandemic. I uh, could look this up, but you probably could tell me what episode are you approaching here? Uh, our next episode is number 80. Wow. Yeah. And wow. Um, life in France. I haven't seen you since last fall. A wonderful visit to your where you where you live there. And and. Uh, it's you know our summer has been well as you can you probably heard from your family it's just been a shit show here you know it's like one day it's a thousand degrees and the next day it's a torrential rainstorm what's the uh, weather been like uh, for you this summer uh it's been great uh but this week right now julie's dealing with uh 33 34 and when i get back there's going to be a week of about 35 to 38 and then it calms down again but wow. august is typically really hot uh, and uh, you know you're subject to some some big storms, hail storms, and that kind of thing. But it's been an amazing summer. Like honestly, very a lot cooler than last year. Like we've had the the, the bulk of the summer has been between 26 and 29 degrees. Nice. It's just been amazing. Yeah. Oh, so Julie didn't come with you. So she's still no, she's back. got the dogs. She's hanging out with the dogs, and they're big yeah. dogs. I love your dogs now. Um, Blue's the one with sort of the bigger coat, the more hair. He's got it's got to be tough on him in the summertime. Yeah, he's, a big, he's like a hundred pound dog. Yeah, and he's also a lot of his coloring is black, so he really right. heats up quickly. Uh, but it's all right. We've we've got uh, air conditioning. Oh, but here's a fact for you. Here's France a fun is fact. A funny country. Just just before we go, uh, what is the percentage of homes in France that have air conditioning? And now, understanding the heat and and the whole thing. I don't know, 70%. I was going to say 75%. 5%? of homes in France Come on. have AC. I'm telling you. Wow. I know. I think a large part of it is the thickness of the stone walls. It sure. does hold in the pool. Well, but... it's like that in Mexico, in San Miguel. Yes. Like those stone, the way they build the... Uh... The places down there, they don't have air conditioning, but they stay cool during the day for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah, But, I mean, 5%? Mm-hmm. Holy hell. Uh, looking uh, forward to another episode. They drop, they drop, as the kids like to say. They drop every uh, Friday. Except for this Friday. Except for this Friday while uh, Lumby's yeah. hanging out. Yeah. In uh, but, Canada, uh, there's there's lots of fun content in there. We're really enjoying doing it. We're, we're we've got a, a real groove going. Getting lots of uh, on our Facebook page. Uh, Jeff and Julie moved to France. There are tons of 
really cool photos of the area so check it all out it's it's been a lot it's been a real uh, labor of love for both of us well we appreciate you being part of our network and uh we love having you and uh always a pleasure checking in with jeff lumby another great appearance. And thanks again for hosting our podcast fellas it's, it means a lot it's what we do jeff it's what we do <laughs> i'll see you on uh, i'll see you on saturday my friend i yeah, can't wait yeah. uh there's jeff lumby Young fella from, uh, Sa- I believe, Saskatoon. <laughs> that is correct. City of Bridges. Is it right? Mm-hmm. Hey, the Fred man's been to Saskatoon. He knows what it's like yeah. there. I was impressed. Yeah, Goddamn, yeah, you were. It was a neat little uh, town. Yeah, or city, whatever. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I liked it. All right. Uh, thank you, Jeff. We'll talk. Uh, check in on the uh, show okay, uh, when another month. Cheers to you, Jeffrey Lumley. Easy, Jeff. No, no. Let's uh, talk about these fine folks. Ready? Uh, how about Bodog? You know, the women's uh, World Cup of Soccer going on uh, uh, tomorrow. It's England and Australia. Interesting line here. England, the favorite, at plus 125. Australia, plus 220, both in the plus column there. So England would advance to the uh, final with a victory there. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, or a poker or a casino player, Bodog, your number one uh, source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leaning odds to their world-class sportsbook and feature-rich poker room. They've, uh, well, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since uh, since 1994. That's Bodog. Is it now? I've been uh, reading up more and more about the wonderful world of Boron. And I'm going to tell you right now, it will not bore you. It's, uh, the word I like to use is ubiquitous. It's in everything from electric cars to all the screens we stare at. And the company Boron One, BoronOne.com, an emerging international junior mining and exploration company. Engaged in the acquisition, exploration, and development of resource properties, their strategies to uncover and capitalize on unique development opportunities within Canada and various regions throughout the world. And I said, do yourself a favor, go to BoronOne.com and check it out. It's uh, not only fascinating from a potential investment for you and your portfolio, but also you'll be, uh, as I was, fascinated by all the interesting things you learn about the world of Boron and how Boron mining and how important it is to, uh, you know, just all the things we use in everyday life. Boron1.com. Here's a fun fact for you, Fred. <clears throat> when we were, uh, you were in, you know, joking around there with Lumbee at the beginning when you said, welcome back to the greatest country in the world, you used a phrase, uh, something, something, our home and native land. Yes. Did you see that story? Um, yeah, about changing the word. 41% of Canadians. Yeah. Say they're in favor of changing the lyrics of O Canada from our home and native land to our home on native land. And I, for one, how many percent? 41% say they're in favor of it. And uh, two quick uh, comments from me, hmm. how man. Hmm. Uh, number one, not surprised. Not, and watching 1A would be. I'm not surprised and uh, would have thought they would already have done it. Number two, for myself, I don't personally care. I'm not that attached to the lyrics of our anthem that I really give it a lot of thought. 
No, I still have a problem with the God. Yeah, let's get rid of that. Inserted in recent history, God keep our land. That I don't understand. Yeah, let's get rid of that. Seriously, it's just not. It's not inclusive. Uh, The other thing to me, the whole, like even take Saturday. Uh, Jose Bautista put on the wall of excellence or the ring of excellence for the Blue Jays. I mean, that whole ceremony, again, started with the indigenous person standing up and talking about where this was taking place. To me, it's like all uh, too little too late. But again, if it makes people happy and it makes indigenous people happy and it makes those who are concerned with this happy. I'm the same way, Howard. I I have no problem with it. I I probably couldn't care less um but even this anthem thing it's like really in 2023 okay we're going to change the anthem to me it's all it's almost disingenuous on some level but fine if you want to do it it's not well i don't agree that it's disingenuous i think that it's why i was surprised that it hadn't already been done is because i live here in the the city and every event you go to has a land rights announcement well, this is what I mean. And, and so I would have thought, well, uh, when I saw the story this morning, I thought, oh, I'm surprised it's not already there. And as far as our changing the, I mean, whether it's ingenuous or disingenuous, mm. let's change it. I don't care. I rarely, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't have a lot of anthem. Uh, I'm not, I'm not singing it. But look at it this way. Nor do I if care. So, if someone dug in and said, no, I don't want to change our anthem. Mm. Does that make them intolerant? Does that make them... Well, I'd say, why? Why don't you want to change our... I mean, we've changed it a million times. We put God back in there, and I always said... No, I know. And I'm like... There's a problem with that. I'm always like, okay, what God are you hoping will keep our land? Mm -hmm. Which one? Um, So it's not like it's unprecedented. They've changed it a bunch of times. What's the Mm -hmm. other one that was our... In all I I sons command has been changed to in all I... In all thy... In all our... In all our... I don't know. In all our command... Um, I don't even. Do we use the word "die" in all, in all <laughs> sons command? In all of us command? In all of us? Okay, so we. It's not with. Uh, that's why I laugh when they talk about. You know, they when people talk about you know the original Bible, the one that was in Aramaic, the one in Greek, the King James Bible, the version of this, the fact that it wasn't until last century sometime that Catholics could stop eating fish every Friday. I mean, you know, it's all it's all a bunch of nonsense because a bunch of human beings keep making changes dan they're um 41 of canadians say they're in favor of changing the lyrics uh from our home and native land to our home on native land does that bother you a little bit and why you know because, well you know like, like how far back are we going to go with everything I guess, you know, it's it's been a long... We need to make reparations and because uh, there's lots of stuff that Canada hasn't lived up to with the agreements that were, were made with the treaties and stuff. But on the other hand, like, we're all citizens of this country. So I kind of, you know, it's like... I, I know that, that the, the indigenous population doesn't necessarily agree with that either. They, but why would they, you care if, it's, if it goes from our home and native land to our home on native land? Well, I don't care that much, but no, but 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 Howard, that's where, where I with a disingenuous thing, and, and Dan sort of hit on it. There are so many more important things that aren't being looked after. It's sure. almost like, oh, th- let's do this for them. Maybe the rest will go away. Or I don't know. I just sort of have that feeling 
about it. Um, well, I don't know that anyone's uh, thinking, oh, hey, we'll, just, we'll just change the name or the, change the words to our anthem. I think they're thinking, well, of all the things we could do, this is a no-brainer. Let's change the name. Let's change these a couple of words in yeah, the there's anthem. Not e- there's not even clean drinking water on some of these reservations. No. We could do something about that. It's not happening. I know you that, know but I mean? it's, so, you, you can't yeah. uh, not the words, You can't conflate both of those things. Well, I can. Well, you, you can't. You can't. <laughs> Listen, you. I, I, it's, I, I agree with you. The anthem, but let them yeah. drink shitty water. Yeah, like, I agree I mean, that I, we should. They should have good drinking water. But uh, we're talking about the lyrics to a song, which I always think. By the way, this is another thing I think that right. maybe we brought this up. Let's stop singing it before sporting events. I agree with that. This is I agree. Dumb. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, you know why? Why aren't we singing it before? Traditional things that won't go away. Well, again, it. let's get rid of that. It's too. Uh-huh. It's stupid. Uh, and I'm not saying we shouldn't address clean drinking water as well. We're just talking about this one thing. Um, here's another thing, boys, from the news. Um, a new COVID variant. New COVID variant. Mm-hmm. Something called Eris. Sounds like a, uh, sounds like a perfume. New from COVID. <laughs> Eris. Is that with an E? E-R-I-S. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's how, what I heard it was. It was called e5 or something or okay i had heard yeah a new vaccine will be available next month the covid immunity task force has released a report showing strong levels of hybrid immunity among canadians which offers additional protection from the new variants i have uh that's why i wanted to bring it up for a couple reasons one i i like the name eris and uh, it's just it's a very sexy variant. Oh, mm-hmm. Eris. And uh, the other is sounds like uh, a perfume. Ex- that's what I said. It sounds like a clone. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but right. does it? Uh, yeah. Have you been? Uh, mm-hmm. I've only got four, so I haven't got the fifth booster yet. Have you? Yes, I think I. Yes, I'm. I'm full up. And Dan, I'm at four. I'm saving it up for the next one. Well, that's where I'm the, at. I'm at four too. Yeah. Do I? So I should? Can I go? Should I wait till September for more immunity? I would. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. That's I don't know the actual science behind what's the best thing to do at this point. But if there's going to be another one coming out right away that has uh, you know more protection in it, then yeah. I want that one. And if I have to wait six months for it, then I'd rather not. Let's just you know hang, hold off for a couple of months. I was with uh, some yeah, fine people on uh, the weekend, uh, and both of them had just had COVID recently, like within the last few weeks. And uh, the wife was telling me that at first it was just that classic sort of really bad sore throat. And it only lasted a day. And then I expected her to say, and then I felt fine. She said, but after that, I felt really, really sick. Mm. And she's, uh, I would say, early 50s, mid 50s. Um, I've only had it once officially. I think I've had it a second time unofficially, but uh, I don't want to get it. (laughs) I don't. No. I don't want to get it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, is it just going to become a? Th- uh, is it just going to become a like a a thing, like another a flu or something? Yeah, like another flu shot. Yeah, or even that, like people aren't going to get any more shots and just get it and move on. There, will it become a pandemic again? Is it still a pandemic? What, how do you classify that? I don't know. We'll have to see. They're expecting uh, the fall to be, that could be significant on some level. So I guess we're just going to have to take it as it comes. 
and if they come out with another vaccine, yeah, I'd get same thing. I would get it. I'm be- I'm behind. I need I, to get a I need to get a shingles vaccine. I might yeah. get a flu shot. Get the shingles, yeah. Get the COVID. Get some other stuff. Have you stuff. had a modern day? Sh- have you had shingle shots since you had shingles? No, sir. Yep. Oh, shingle shot power. <laughs> but again, come in, on, give me that- a little, give me a little shingle shot power. Shingle shot power. I got um, but um. <laughs> You know that that that's a bit of a myth too. If you had shingles once, you're oh, not going to get it again. You you can still get it, and you had it a lot worse than I did. I'll tell you, that's one thing I would not want to get again. But I've had shingle shots. Dan, have you had shingle shots or shingle sh- or shingles? Neither, neither. Mm. I'm going to get a shingle shot though next time I go see you. Uh, shingle shot power. Do you yeah, think you get uh, two actually? Yeah, you, know, you have to. Uh, I think you do two. These. Oh really? Yeah, you get one, and then a few weeks thing? you follow up. It's a couple weeks later, yeah. And they're about oh wait a minute over sixty five you're good you'll it doesn't cost you anything there you 65. go Dan see it's about four hundred bucks and yeah. then you leave there singing shingle bells <laughs> <laughs> shingles bells yeah. um here's uh, an interesting uh, we get back to Trump here for a second Jim Jordan that fucking slime today's indictment is just the latest political attack in the Democrats witch hunt against President Trump he did nothing wrong how do you get up in the morning. <laughs> Mm-hmm. How do you face yourself? I mean, I, obviously, the guy is he's a horrible human being considering what he witnessed and didn't report on. Go look it up. But how do you get up in, in today's world and say he did nothing wrong? Mm-hmm. And 19 people were indicted yesterday, last mm-hmm. evening, including uh, Giuliani. Mark Meadows is Trump's uh, chief of staff, indicted. I often bring this up. I think of their kids, Jim Jordan. I don't know how his ki- how old his kids are, but say you have a 21, 22 year old who's, you know, sort of an analytical type person, sort of pragmatic and, you know, looks at issues like how do how do you face your kids with those blatant mm-hmm. lies or the, the you know, I, I mean, where it's obvious, all you have to do is what I did or we did this morning, take 20 minutes. And read what that's about. That's serious stuff. And that's another thing that's been shot to shit in the United States. This whole, the most patriotic country on earth. Oh, yeah. Shit. It's, it is not. <clears throat> yeah. When half, literally, roughly half the country has chosen this orange pig over their country, that's not a patriotic country. Again, take 20, 30 minutes to find out exactly what this guy was up to and tell me how you don't put your country in front of that. Like, they're on a fast track to destroying democracy, and you still choose this guy? The uh, Speaker of the House dance says, uh, now a radical DA in Georgia, a radical, is following Biden's lead by attacking (laughs) President Trump and using it to fundraise her political career. Americans see through this desperate sham. Meanwhile, Donald Trump has raised 40, 60, 80 million, I've lost track now, off his... uh, pack whatever it's a fundraising a mechanism they have in the states funneling the money he's raised for his campaign off all this bullshit to pay for his legal fees <laughs> it's a fucking, this is the greatest country in the world everybody 
Well, I these are in the. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say that these are not serious people. I mean, the people like Jim Jordan, they're not in it for you know furthering no. uh, the the country or making uh, life better for people in the country or having a different opinion, different approach to things. It is a game to them, and they're playing the game, and they bought into it. And uh, this, it, it, none of it matters. It's just oh, it's all one big huge political gain. Yeah, and, and I want to make money off this somehow in the long run. I was talking to this with uh, Sweet Bill Hurts yesterday. How is this for a system? Push the Georgia indictment away because he has no protection uh, if he becomes elected president. Um, that one would still live on. He couldn't pardon himself. Yeah. What kind of a system, what kind of a country has has it so that you can be indicted three times, be a convicted rapist, and the only way that you can survive is to become the most powerful man. <laughs> no, isn't that great? <laughs> the only way you can survive is to become president of the United States. Yeah, and pardon yourself. To get yourself. out from under that. How, how does that work? Like, how did that happen? How can a guy, like, literally pardon, pardon, pardon himself? Because the founding, the, the way the country was constructed, they never, they never anticipated that this would ever be an issue. Mm-hmm. That a former president could be indicted and again get elected again, yeah, and that's why I, I mentioned this when we were talking to Lemmy. The state charge against him, if he is convicted, he can't get out of that because uh, it's uh, because of the, because of this loophole. And you know, you know, you're saying about the patriotic nature of the country. It, it really is fascinating. And again, obviously, you and I find it you know extremely interesting. Interesting. But I, I started the show by saying, today we're going to talk about it because it's historical. You know, the three mm-hmm. of us, if we're lucky, are going to get 20 plus more years. They're going to be talking about it on this planet for the rest of time. This particular thing that's happening now. And that's why, you know, not only is it of interest to uh, us and the three of us, but I think it should be of interest to people because it's never happened before. And hopefully... Won't happen again. No, I know. And it, it just speaks to the character. Again, you mentioned Jim Jordan and on and on and on. It, like, uh, what's his head? That fucking creep from South Carolina. What's his, you know. Um, Ron Johnson? No, um, with the weird hair. Uh, oh, fucking uh, Lindsey Graham? Lindsey Graham. By the way, like not him. not indicted, interestingly enough. No, I know. But him last night addressing this, and it's just like. Are you serious? You're still protecting this guy? You almost get the feeling all these guys would like to get together and have a big meeting and say, okay, we're all together now. We're Tomorrow we're going to come out in unity and denounce all this stuff. We're going to come out and say, you know what? This man, Donald Trump, has done this stuff for the betterment of the country because I think this guy won't do it because that guy won't do it and this guy won't do it because that guy won't do it. You know what I mean? It's like... They, at some point, they've got to put the country first. And again, this even applies to Joe Biden. If he was taking money and, and padding his nest through being vice president, fine. Fucking nail him. Get yeah. it. Get the evidence. Let's go. But that's the I thing. That. You know, I, I didn't want to bring this up with yeah. Lumby, but they've had three years they've been trying to track down something with mm-hmm. multiple investigations all kinds of, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, convening grand juries. Anyway, uh, Dan yeah, Duran. Uh, we, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, we need to. Uh, b- 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 I'm trying to think of what the hell that was. Um, we well, need to get to Dan's news because in about 10 minutes time, we're going to be 
uh, talking to another uh, interesting person from the world of... Uh, do you have that? I, I just resent it to you, by the way. Yes. You're like talking to... Uh, Let me touch on Chambers Pine. Just yeah, yeah. We're going to be talking about uh, m- more more interesting in the world of nickel mining, Dan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, let's do the Chamber Plan before Dan Duran's news. And, um, That's right. And then we will get to Dan Duran's news for crying out loud. The Chamber's plan, uh, Canada's number one uh, group benefits plan for small business. Again, we enjoyed the day yesterday with Brett Tanner, and uh, he enlightened us on a few more aspects of the plan and how it works for small business. And he plans on coming on the show in the near future to explain further what it has to offer, dental, prescriptions, uh, therapies, an HR component, uh, mental health aspect to it now, where you can literally instantly get uh, some um, mental health uh, support if you need it it really is something and it's affordable go to chamberplan.ca today click on the badge uh get a free quote it says and uh put in the parameters of your company then you'll be pleasantly surprised that you can become part of this uh it's growing and why not because giving your employees a benefits package is a great gesture it's the uh, chambers of commerce group insurance plan chamberplan.ca uh, very well said. Very well done. Yeah, it was fun playing with uh, Brett yesterday. Guys had, uh, you know, a hip and a knee replaced. And he's still better than, like, you know, 90% of the golfing population. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran. A hell of a guy with a hella big wang. The quintessential mm-hmm. anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Mm-hmm. Oh. Dan Duran, the anchor man comes. As for credentials, he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now all bundled up live from Lakeside You actually look like you're reporting from the lake this morning He's movie anchor, television series star And friend of show For now going on five decades Here's Dan Daru. Let's talk about book banning. It's a, it's a thing to do these days, and book banners now in the States can't be bothered to read the books they want banned, so they turn it over to chat GTP. Iowa's school district has used an AI chat box to uh, bot to uh, identify books to remove them from the shelves in order to comply with a statewide book ban there. Uh, there's a community school district which has uh, uh, had this book ban. It was signed into law in May. The law requires Iowa school library books to be age-appropriate and without descriptions or visual depictions of a sex act. Mm. So the school, uh, com- uh, you know, compiled a list of books that they uh, they have in their their libraries, fed it into the machine, and it uh, spit out uh, the, the question they asked: Does X book contain a description or depiction of a sex act? And if the chat box answered answered yes, then the book would be removed from the circulation. So they took <laughs> 19 books out of the circulation in their library in uh, Mason County Community School District. And, uh, you know, so it was a popular science magazine did a did the same test. They ran it again using the same questions, same books. And the A.I. Po- pooped out different answers, poop, <laughs> different answers. So there are issues using experimental chat box to make book banning decisions for you. 
Well, they'll seem to do anything down there to avoid. Uh, I don't know what they're saying. They seem to be. Uh, they're against uh, a lot of things now. You know, it's interesting. They they talk about the Republican Party being the party of small government, and yet, ironically, it seems to me that they seem to be more involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They want. They they seem to ha- want to have more involvement in what people can can and cannot do. Read. Uh, sex, abortions, uh, whatever. Seems to me. I know. Uh, I know, Howard. It goes on and on and on. Another thing that people have missed through this, Trump has already said if he becomes president again, he's going to enact whatever you call it to make that office even more powerful than it is now. And they talk about freedom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They talk about their freedom all the time. And this guy that you're supporting, that you're trying to push towards the White House, wants to make it that you have less freedom. He has more say about your life. Exactly. It's bizarre. It is bizarre. And uh, Dan Duran, we have our uh, their friend uh, from the nickel industry standing by. Are you going? Are you okay to hang around? Or do you want to come back in like five or seven minutes? What's what's your? I'll pleasure? come back in five or seven minutes. Well, I oh, think yeah. that would be great. Set myself up for the next. Set thing yourself after up, this, so. and then we'll come back and have some more fun and Dan Duran time. And it's always, oh, you know what? It's really quite a party when Dan Duran's here. There ain't no party like a Dan Duran party, is what I say. <laughs> Okay. All right. We'll see you guys in a bit. Do you know why a Dandoran? Because a Dandoran party don't stop. That's right. Dandoran's gone. Hey, Dan. Nickel for your thoughts. All right. Never made it as a wise man. Nickelback. Get it? Couldn't cut it as a poor man's <laughs> Yeah, man. One of the uh, critical minerals required to make all of the electric vehicle batteries we're going to need is nickel. This is the uh, second week in a row we've had a chance to talk nickel, not only used in stainless steel and its namesake beaver-stamped coin, it's also essential to help reduce our collective carbon footprint. And our next guest, Archer Exploration's Chief Executive Officer. Whenever we meet people like this, Fred, I'm always reminded that you and I did not pay attention in school. See, yes. This is what guys like, guys like uh, our next guest... Uh, did is here to tell us more about how his company is tapping into a surprise discovery. He's Tom Meyer. Tom, welcome to this nonsense program that you somehow got hooked into. How are you, my friend? <laughs> I'm very good, Howard. How about yourself? Well, listen, we're just happy to uh, again. Freddie and I, when we were in school, we were being idiots, making fart jokes. You, on the other hand, were uh, paying attention. So you're exploring for nickel up in Quebec. Can you give us a quick uh, overview of your Grasset? Am I saying that right? Grasset? Yeah, Grasset Project. Yeah, yeah, you are saying it correct there, Fred. Yeah, so we're uh, just northwest of Matagami, Quebec, and this is the Abitibi Greenstone Belt. So f- to orient yourself, so Matagami is about 600 kilometers due north of Ottawa. Wow. And what we've got is with our Grasset Project, it's nickel sulfides. It's 100% owned by Archer. Uh, and we're exploring and expanding the resource. And uh, currently, we have our exploration program underway, and we're close to wrapping it up for the season. And I think it's worth, you know, worth pointing out that this is a 2012 vintage discovery. Mm. So um, it was discovered by accident. And the work we're doing right now is essentially growing that uh, discovery into something what we believe will be the next nickel mine, high-grade nickel mine in Quebec. And wow. um, it's much more than moose pasture. You hear a lot about moose pasture, but we actually got uh, an interesting resource. So short answer to your question is, yep, we've got an exciting project at Grisette and uh, district scale potential and a lot of room to grow. How does that happen? Like by accident? Like, oh, yeah, well, this is it. 
this is it. This is it. It's yeah. This is exploration. Well, yeah, well, yeah, I was so just saying because you were you were you were. How yeah. do you have a surprise? You were already exploring something. W- yeah. Was it something other than nickel? Yeah, indeed it was. Yeah, it was gold. Oh. It was gold. Oh. So the Abitibi, the Abitibi is like famous for a lot of gold mi- existing gold mm-hmm. mines and base metals over the years. Mm-hmm. And in this case, the geologists were um, crawling around looking for gold, and they stumbled across nickel. Uh, like mm-hmm. literally, um, like drilling for gold, and uh, one of the drill holes came up, and it, it appeared that there was quite a bit of nickel, and uh, kind of it went it went from there. That was, you know, just about a little over ten years ago. So, lot lots of uh, you know lots more opportunity for for further types of these discoveries because um, yeah, very very interesting discovery. And mining, this is not easy because um, it's one thing to discover something, and then. A lot depends on uh, where it is, which dictates it dictates the cost of actually mining it, getting it. What's the situation here? Well, yeah, and I, I'm glad you pointed that out because it is not easy. And go, uh, nickel, in particular, is one of the more challenging ones. So it's like searching for that needle in the haystack. So you find that needle in the haystack, which we did at at Grisette, and to, to mm-hmm. grow that, and then you think about okay. How do you get this stuff out of the ground and um, and, and and make money out of at the end of the day? So in our case, like we're we're off the highway, um, so it's it's actually well located. So it's kind of easier in many respects versus a number of other projects that are up where you got to fly in or mm-hmm. fly in, fly out. And but in this case, we're off the highway, and um, and what we've got is is something that is much more doable in the grand scheme of things. But oh, yeah, you're right; it's cool. it's a challenge. So you have accessibility. You've got Netflix. Everything is cool. Um, ultimately, though, like what is what do you hope to find there? What would or maybe put it in this terms? Obviously, you want to find nickel. But in, in what are the terms or give us some uh, parameters that would mean success for an exploration company like Archer? Yes. Well, success for us it would be taking the resource that we've got, growing it and turning it into the next mine and kind of walking hand in hand as we do this with our with our community uh, that are neighboring us the first nation partners uh, and just kind of marching along as we you know further explore expand define a project and then work with the communities to um, engage and, and move it forward so success would be turning what we've got today into Quebec's next high-grade sulfide nickel mine. That, that would be very exciting for us and for our stakeholders. It sounds like, and obviously, nickel is used in so many products. Let me ask you this, though. Are nickels still made of nickel? No, not anymore. No, and I, 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 you know, you know, as a uh, as a you know mining type person, I used to collect. I think it's the pre nineteen sixty eight nickels mm. that actually right. have the nickel content that make them worth a hell of a lot more than the the five cents. Five cents. That's, yeah, right. yeah. So there's yeah, there's a group of us that collect uh, nickels and and. You know, pre nineteen ninety two pennies, which were made of uh, copper, <laughs> but, but Fred, <laughs> they're worth more than the middle value. Fred touched on uh, you know the, the 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 need for nickel and all kinds of things, mm-hmm. whether it's electric vehicles. Is the demand side of the story overhyped? What do you think? Oh no, this is this is the you know that's a tough one. It's not overhyped, and I think if the you know the average person on the street, if they understood how metal intensive our future world is, mm-hmm. I think there'd be protests in the street. To be honest, like it's we're demanding greater needs as we decarbonize, like decarbonization in, in simple terms means a hell of a lot more metal. 
Right. And mm-hmm. uh, the, the government's got to get their act together and create greater incentives for exploration because we think of our kids and our grandkids – if we're not going to have success in in finding more of these metals in, in great countries like Canada, uh, we need this. Uh, so it's not overhyped. It's actually under uh, underappreciated. Hmm. In the okay, cool. Things. <laughs> and uh, not to leave um, Sudbury out of this, because you always identify Sudbury with nickel. What's next for Archer? I, I understand you still have um, properties in in Sudbury as well. Oh yeah, so we've got our Grisette uh, project in Quebec, and then we start shifting gears and move over to Sudbury. We have the mm-hmm. third largest land package mm-hmm. in Sudbury, and, and Sudbury is the second largest uh, nickel district uh, for ex- uh, de- mm-hmm. um, production in the world. So Sudbury is a great place over 135 years of mining. That, but what we're doing right now we've, with such a large portfolio, we're pr- prioritizing our work. And planning a drill program now, so there, there'll be more uh, kind of exploration excitement as we roll out our uh, Sudbury plans in the in the coming um, coming months. Listen, Tom, yeah. as I as I said at the beginning, you know, you obviously paid more attention in school because you're mm-hmm. a CEO. Uh, are you also and, and a geologist? I understand. Like, are you which which one? Are you, are, were you, I guess, first a geologist and then a CEO? And how does that go into all the? How does that uh, line up? And when you run a mining company, do you talk, do the geologist? Are you part of their fraternity, or are you like the CEO and you hang out with the CEOs? You see how dumb I am? I don't even know how to ask that question. <laughs> Well, Howard, actually, I'm a metallurgist by training. Of course. Metallurgist. Just metallurgist. to twist things around. So the difference a between a metallurgist and a geologist. So the geologist go, goes out and finds the rock. The metallurgist is the guy that gets that metal out of the rock. Mm. And there's always this tension between geology guys and metallurgy guys. Oh, yeah. Geology guys are, you know, finding the stuff and we're trying to get the stuff out. So we complain about the, the garbage don't quote unquote garbage that the uh, geologists provide us, but we we solve problems by getting this metal out of the rock and, and in, into actually dollars and cents at the end of the day. So I'm a metallurgist by training, and yeah, we kind of all hang out together uh, <laughs> <Okay>. symbiotically. <laughs> you know, just uh, you said 135 years they've been mining in and around Sudbury for nickel. Like, a, is it like an endless supply? Like, a, don't they get to the point sometimes where it's well, it's all gone? Yeah, we'll get there. But, you know, when you get these world-class districts, uh, there's always mm. more to be found. Yeah, You mm. learn more as you uh, explore for more and you find more. Mm-hmm. And with all, you know, all the infrastructure with the milling operations and the smelting operations, which I'm sure you've seen, you know, driving through Sudbury, um, it doesn't take a lot uh, extra work to find the extra ton of ore because you've got all that infrastructure in, in, in place. Right. Well, listen, man, uh, I learned something today. I didn't know that, you know, the metallurgists and the geologists were at odds, but uh, what an interesting uh, time. For our listeners that want to learn more about Archer Exploration, the website is archerexploration.com. That's Archer, A-R-C-H-E-R, exploration.com. They trade on the Canadian Stock Exchange under the ticker symbol R-C-H-R. And Tom, uh, thank you very much for your time. Tom Meyer, CEO of the company and a metallurgist, you know, just in case he wasn't smart enough for you. Thanks, Tom. Hope you enjoyed it. (laughs) Thanks very much. All right, man. See, I think Tom had a good time. See, even even though you and I know nothing... We can have a conversation with Tom based on some notes we were given. Thanks, Tom. Oh, I agree. Thanks. <laughs> okay. All right. There you go. Take care. What 
See, there's a guy that works an eight-hour day. Oh, no, he's working more than eight hours. Yeah, yeah. Just let yourself out, Tom. We're going to talk about you after you're gone <laughs> and how smart you are. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, he, you know, I'll bet you Tom's not, like, taking a nap at three in the afternoon trying, no. to, figure out, <laughs> trying to figure out what he's going to do with the rest of his day. Mm-hmm. Trying not to watch TV till seven. That's my goal. Can I get till seven before I start watching TV? Yeah, that's a good uh, good strategy. Yeah. It is. Drive you crazy. Yeah. Uh, I left you yesterday to uh, go take my uh, Spanish lesson. I'm doing Spanish. Uh, I do it every day on something called Duolingo. A lot of people have heard of that. And uh, the last few days, I've signed up for a uh, new... Uh, it's, it's a company called Worlds Across. They basically have tutors around the world in different languages, in this case, Spanish. But I want to tell you something interesting, because I thought of you the other day. I was on a group. I've never done this before. So I, I have a... Interesting on this show. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, so I've had lots of, uh, you know, sort of one-on-one tutoring sessions. I had one last night. I had one on Sunday morning. And then in this, in this company... They also have group sessions, and I've never done that before. So I get into a group chat on a group like a Zoom. That's something. It was interesting. Interesting. Mm. Because there was the, um, the woman teaching, the, the, the maestra, right. which is the teacher. Mm. There was a guy in his early 70s from Alberta. There oh. was a dude from, I'd say, mid-60s to late-60s in New Brunswick. There was mm. me, whatever I am. And there was this uh, sort of younger woman from Miami. But it's the first time that I've been around other guys of my sort of ilk, beginners, all of us speaking Spanish with the help of this teacher. And these are, and, and I, because I was new to the group, they meet every Sunday morning. And there's, you can go on any groups. But this particular one meets every Sunday morning. And I was new, so they introduced themselves to me. All, both of the dudes were retired. And it just wanted to try and learn another language. And the of, the of the four of us, yeah, four of us plus the teacher, the woman from Miami was definitely the more advanced. But it was a beginner chat. Like, I could have gone, you can choose intermediate expert. But it was neat for me because I got to hear what other guys like me sound like speaking Spanish. You know, as awkward as I speak it. And, uh, and again, talking to these guys, just what they, they just decided sometime in the last six months like me that they wanted to learn it. No, that's uh, fascinating, and you're really coming along. How would you say, will you fart in my face? How would you say that in Spanish? Uh, yo quiero una f- uh, farte <laughs> <laughs> in la fase, I'm guessing. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. there, well, you know oh, what? You just, you just ripped that off uh, right there. Um, uh, well, I, basically, I know how to say I want. I want something. Mm-hmm. How do these meetings start, do you say? I'm Howard, and I'm romantically involved with a Spanish-speaking woman. Um, I fell in love with a Spanish-speaking woman. Well, I'm falling. The stage. Um, uh, I'm still what was doing that you this. you just said? Pardon? You just said falling. What did you say? I've fallen in love with a Spanish-speaking woman. I haven't fallen. Woman. I'm, I may be falling. Would you fart on my face? I, 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 I still, what are you saying? You already are? In? I know. I like her. I like her a lot. No, what I, no, I wouldn't say so you're not. You're no longer falling in love. You are in love. No, I said I'm saying? falling. Not I'm both. First of all, I'm timing something important. Okay, but I what, find this important because I want to know your, where you're at with this. So, I, so in, you, <laughs> in English, I put in, would you fart on my face? <laughs> <laughs> and here's the Spanish. Te tirarías un pedo en mi cara? 
So there you go. Oh. Te tiras un pedo en mi cara. ¿Te tirarías un pedo en mi cara? Which word was fart? Well, that's a great question. Let's just put <laughs> fart in. Pedo. Oh, pedo. Yeah. yeah. I think this is you know pedo pads pay pedo pads <laughs> no it would be pantalones de pedo you know what's uh, funny interesting curious for me is we just spent eight minutes talking but with some dude who's got like probably nine degrees and this is now, now that that's out of the way we've gotten back to this um, okay but let me ask you at the end of the day when he's going to bed and we're going to bed who do you think laughed more today well, that is a good question. Who knows, though? It's an, ex- it's an existential question. Mm-hmm. Um, but your takeaway from my... I thought your takeaway from me talking to two older white dudes trying to speak Spanish would be that, uh, you know, a lot of guys, they get into their retirement years, mm-hmm. and they're like, well, what should I do now? Yes. And uh, it, was, it was kind of fun for me because, again, I've only ever been around my brother and his partner who speak great Spanish. Mm-hmm. And a few other people like who speak are much better than me. And it was kind of nice to be around guys that are kind of at, you know, my level. Like I would say, yes. I would say having been on that group chat for half an hour and it was, and the subject that day was, what do we like to cook? What do we like to eat? So obviously okay. to answer your question, Dan, when it started, they told me who they were. I'm so-and-so I live in Alberta in the, in Spanish and I'm retired. And I said, you know, I, you know, you know, um, my nombre is Howard. Uh, yo vivo in Toronto. Um, you know, I've been taking yo practica español uh, todos los días uh, para uh, seis, uh, seis meses. Been tra- I've been practicing Spanish for six months. Um, yo sé en muchas palabras. I know a lot of words. Uh, yo practica. I can only use a few of them. You know, like I, I. So I do that, and then the teacher takes over, and we start talking about the different. You know, mm-hmm. things that are around cooking. Uh, what do you like to eat? What do you like to cook? So, but I spent a half an hour and listening to them. It was kind of fun because like, these guys were as awkward as me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, everyone's trying to say the few words they know in Spanish and then they switch to English and then the teacher fills in that word in Spanish. It was fun. Well, let me ask you this question. Do you speak Spanish? How do you say fart on my face? <laughs> no. <laughs> um... Does Juliet is it Julieta or Juliet? it's Juliet? That's how you right, say it I in English, so. and it's Juli- Julieta in Spanish. Uh, does she speak English better than you speak Spanish? Yes. Well, that's helpful to you because oh, yeah. she can actually help you as well, which is good. Last night I was talking to her, and uh, she was telling me about her first day. The school got back. She went, she works at the school. The kids are back in a couple of weeks, but they don't need to start doing administrative shit. So she was telling me everything she did yesterday in English, and I said, just stop for a second. I said, tell me all that again in Spanish because I knew I would understand most of the words she was saying. You know, and, and so that was nice for me that I, I, I heard it first in English and then she said it all in Spanish for me after, which I, you know, it's good. And, and also when I mispronounce things, which I do all the time, but you know what it is, Dan, it's like, you got to put yourself out there and, you know, be awkward at something. And I'm, and I'm going to be awkward at this for a couple of years until I can kind of get a flow of conversation. That's all I want to do. I, I don't need to learn everything. I just want to learn enough to have a conversation. <laughs> I, um. I forgot she's a teacher, so it's uh, you and Ulietto down by the schoolyard. Yes, mm-hmm. Ulietto, Ulietta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I guess for hilarious. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Everything is everything is hilarious. 
Do you think that there's a uh, Spanish version of that song? I'm, I guarantee you. Well, there's I a just Spanish. give it to you. you. Just come on. What do you want from the guy? <laughs> I gave it to you. Well, it wasn't as it wasn't very musical. So oh, no, but he wasn't. He was just trying. He was going for the his little play on words. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Uh, and no, to answer your question, I you know I yeah I like her very much. Is that uh, that's you know Dan? Do you uh, well you you've been with uh, girlfriend Lisa for how long now? Four years. Four years. Yeah, but really four years. Yeah, two years of pandemicing, which has you know slowed things down a fair bit. Gotta say. So what are you in love with her? I'd Ooh. say yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, you hesitated there for a second. I heard a little. I'd say, I'd say. No, what, I mean, what would she we, say? You guys say, "I love you." Do you say, yeah, "I love you"? Do. Yes, oh, we okay. do. But does she, well, she, do you mean it? <laughs> yes, yes <laughs> I wouldn't. I would not. I would not say I, it unless I meant it. Okay, because no, I, I'm getting in, uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> for Dan. <laughs> And that's I would I would I would not say I love you unless I really meant it. All right. Yeah. Well, I haven't said it. Wait till they get to the part, you nerd. Um, I have not said it to Julieta yet. I have said, uh, me, uh, gusta, me gusto mucho. I like you very much. What's that? I love you. No. I've been on, dude, I've, I've literally known her in total days, in total dias, uh, 10 days. So, you know. But, you know, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to use the word. Fantasy, have you ever said I love you, the doll? <laughs> okay, here, wait, here it comes. Here you go. Wait for it. I'm taking my time, but I don't know where. Oh, no, sorry. I'm premature. Here it comes. <laughs> okay, so what were we going to say about you and Dol? No, no, not about... No, I was looking at you. I don't... Not fantasize, but I was uh, yeah, go just ahead, thinking fantasize. of your situation. No, yeah. that if you do fall sort of in love, hopelessly in love, which could happen. It happens all the time. Sure, These long-distance relationships turn into something big what your life is going to be like like you're going to be in mexico a lot mm. what no no i am i'm that. going to be in mexico uh, the in woman has a home there i mean you could literally be living a big portion of the year in mexico because i don't think she's got much of an appetite to live here no 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 yeah from what i gathered because it's too cold although it was interesting what she said her daughter wants to is sort of infatuated with the united states i'm going to talk her out of that she said it should be canada it should be canada yeah no i yeah her daughter wants to live in the states and go to uh, school there anyway actually uh no i yeah i'm definitely going to spend uh in the next year between now and next time, this year, this time next year, now, <laughs> no, either. now we next year time, mm-hmm. I'm time gonna, I'm going to be between now and times and this times next now, I will be, <laughs> I will definitely be in Mexico for uh, three or four months for sure. I will be. Oh, why wouldn't you? Exactly. You know, well, like if it, it may get to the point where you have to be. You're so in love 
You have to be together. You can't be separated for months at a time. Well, I would say this it's, last look night. Look at Phil and Pearl. Yeah, well, yes, that's a great example. Um, I think of myself, and we think of ourselves as the Phil and Pearl of the modern day. Um, <laughs> last night, I was talking to her on Zoom, and uh, yeah, I mean, now that I've had an experience of her physically in person, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I've experienced her. And I said, so she was, because she's going on Zoom down on her phone. And I, so I, I don't get the full effect of what she's, so I, she was just laying there in bed. And uh, yeah, I, I said to her, I, you know, I miss you, obviously. And, you know, I miss, I try to say to her, you know, there's a, I miss the physical part of you as well now, because I know what that's like. And uh, yeah, I don't know that I can go every three months with, you know, you know, because you, you get out of shape. <laughs> you know. Isn't there, uh, isn't there some sort of uh, over the internet kind of like uh, suit you can wear that that has? Oh yes, the, yes the, the the internet fuck suit. Yes, Dad, I should get one of those. <laughs> what should. is that? What is that? I don't know. It's a suit oh. you wear that uh, the other person controls. Is that what it is, Dan? Yeah, I think so. That has a, a, a reciprocity kind of you do something or it, yeah? it okay, feels well, what you're kind of doing. Maybe we'll hook ourselves up to something. Oh, Some sensation. I thought you could. Yeah. Oh, I thought the person is naked and then you dress them up virtually and then you can undress them. Yeah. Something like that. Or, that or, might be I don't know. I don't know that I could afford. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I could afford that. Dan. Maybe I'll just hook up uh, my dink to a small battery. And then just, <laughs> just, just, just uh, There's right. always the vacuum, Howard. There's always the all right. vacuum. Uh, well, um, thank you. Uh, we got to go. Fuck, this is like the longest show ever. What about Architect? Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought you were all done your business. Hang on. Yeah, let's get to Architect, and then we'll uh, get out of here. Just bear with me. I'm still here. My name yeah, is man. Freddy, and I'm still here. Mm-hmm. Hey! Uh, Architect is a full-service turnkey building partner with their clients. That means they help create the design right down to the exacting level of detail. Then they make sure it gets built to your specifications. Yep! It's your project, your backyard. It's got to be done the way you want it to be done. Uh, it makes it simpler for clients. They don't have a lot to worry about because, you know, Architect sources the materials. They make sure it meets building code requirements. They prepare all the plans. They apply for the permits if they're needed. Hey, they manage everything. Working with Architect ensures that you get what you want and that it's done right. Give them a call, 647-775-9222, or go to architect.com. Uh, thank you very much to uh, Jeff Lumby for our visit today, of course, and thanks to uh, Tom Meyer from ArcherExploration.com. They trade under the ticker symbol RCHR. Tomorrow, of course, our last uh, full show. Then, of course, we do the email program. Oh, look, there's uh, my grandpuppy, Booby Billy. Yeah, Billy is uh, going to be hanging out in here uh, for the next three or four days. So that is always exciting. <laughs> I love the dog. I don't know if you've ever been around the dog when uh, Dan, when the dog and Stan are together. But they, uh, what happens is the dog, the little one, starts. She doesn't bark. She shrieks, and then she shrieks, and then Stan starts barking, and then they both shriek bark, and uh, it's quite <laughs> unnerving. 
<laughs> it escalates. Oh, yeah. And, and then, you know, and it happens that, you know, you're just sitting there kind of mellow watching some TV. All of a sudden, this thing happens, this cacophony of shrieking and barking. Um, of course, on Thursday, I'll say a course again. Uh, our email program brought to you by Palma Pasta. Four locations, one in Oakville, three in Mississauga. And their signature store, Palma's Kitchen. I've got so many items I got there the other day when uh, Julieta was here that I love. There's this uh, olive tapenade. Dan, you would love it. It's in, it's so good. What so, is that? An olive tapenade. It's like a little mm. dip. Uh, you know, it's what you make. Like they've got three or four different. I'm trying to think of the uh, the name of the name brand. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Palmapasta.com. Look it up. All sorts of stuff. Palmapasta, Italian tradition, simply delicious. And now, Dan Daru. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Architect Outdoor Living, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. We read all those emails, and here it is, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Tell us what you think. Liking, subscribing, that really does help us out, gets other people into the algorithm and listening to the show. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember, Remember, everyone farts, but only a few have eproctophilia. Either way, it's a way you can enjoy every Gordan day. From the habitations of the towns we know, a place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow, pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone, bottles and cans, and just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's that? Devils at a microphone. Where's that? I got a cocktail. Devils at a microphone.